1: They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Oh, what's that? It's 2019? Wow. Things are so different now. But welcome to the podcast, the first episode of 2019. The podcast is presented by Sink Scent Crusher, ScentCrusher.com. We talk about them all the time, and we got some episodes coming up. With Dan Drake himself and uh, maybe some other people from the Scent Crusher crew um, at ATA next week, coming in hot. Um, check out Scent Crusher. Be on the lookout for new products. I honestly don't know what's coming that's new. I'm I'm uh, assuming there's new stuff coming. Uh, just stay 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 with it with us. I don't even know what I'm saying right now. Check out ScentCrusher.com. The podcast <laughs> is brought to you by them. We love them. Uh, we love that whole family. Super thankful for their partnership. Also, we are brought to you by HHA Sports. Single Pin Nation will be at the HHA booth at ATA. We might do some podcasts at that booth, hang out with their buddy Scott Bakken, seeing what they got out at HHA, HHA this year. Uh, we've been shooting the Virtus Rest, the Kingpin, uh, Fixed Position, and Dovetail. We're rocking both of those in our crew. Um, we got to get Mr. Chandler and Ross Bigger on the HHA um, scheme of things. Ross has his opinions on, on uh, single pin sites. We've discussed that in the past on why he's wrong Welcome and single time. pin's the best. <laughs> Uh, check out HHAsports.com, lifetime warranty, and they support our veterans. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you're a communist like Ross and, and don't want to shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> also brought to you by Elite Archery. We are all part of the Elite family in here, uh, right. studio full of Elite shooters. Yep. I haven't hung out with a guy who hasn't shot an Elite in a long time, and that says something about – The people i like to hang out with and it means that they're all good people (laughs) 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 i'm kidding but uh i like you more if you shoot an elite uh all all joking aside we're not trying to do push-ups everywhere we go we're just trying to shoot our bows and shoot them accurate um there's another that's a joke everybody settle down (laughs) (laughs) it's like (laughs) goddamn. it's a joke everyone everyone's butthurt lately man all kind of people yeah Yeah, Yeah, everyone's butthurt in the in the the industry and and listeners are getting maybe it's just It's like the more shit you do, the more people get offended. But uh, anyway, super pumped to be in that Elite family, shooting the Rituals, the Ritual 30s out. I'm excited to see what's coming from Elite at ATA next week. God, next week. I can't believe it's here already. Dude, I'm stoked. I'm stoked. This was the fun time of year where the hunting is all winding down a bit, and then all the new gear comes out, and people start getting gear crazy. Um, Gives me anxiety a little bit. (laughs) But it's fun. It is fun. It's a blast. Also brought to you by Big Tine. Uh, Big Tine. I can't use the mineral in Illinois, but I can use the buck brunch, uh, food plot seed. Uh, But Eric, you use the mineral in the off
2: season for your deer herd. Deer fucking love that shit. Yeah, you and Doug were talking about it. It's like insane how (laughs) attracted to it they are. Yeah, we could put out like six bags and two days later it's gone. Really? Yeah. They find it within... I've had deer put it out within an hour. They're at the pile. Really? I'm me leaving, yeah. They like smell like smell the cherry crush yeah, or whatever the I scent guess. is. Yes, I don't know.
1: What uh can you put it out you can put it out like the day after bow season, right? Yep. Yep. So it just
2: gotta be out thirty days before Before season, season starts. Yep. And you're supposed to cover it or get rid of it. Right. They got so many different rules now and the way they word it in the actual DNR book, so it's kinda But it used to always be, you know, 30 days out before, and then you have to dig, like, a foot down of the dirt to get all the mineral out of the ground.
1: I know a lot of people who use it, and they go, like, the extra mile just to avoid any sort of, like, uh, misunderstanding or miswording in the book. And that's, like, Mm -hmm. even people in, like, Indiana and other states. And,
2: like, most people tell you, like, put a piece of plywood down or put a tarp down, you know, throw it on top of that so that um, mineral does not soak into the dirt. So then you don't have to dig a giant hole there, you know. Right, yeah. It's awesome stuff um just i'd only know that from seeing all the shit you guys send us on
1: your trail cams oh
3: yeah it's um, insane
1: but i wish we could use it maybe it'll change in illinois but if not i'm fine using the food plot seat and uh wearing the cool gear and um, that's good enough for me check out big time we'll be podcasting at their booth the first day of ata uh later in the afternoon man i should have my schedule on me um we'll be there like i think 3 30 on the first day at ata so find us there any oh, question mark <laughs> we, we will be there in the <laughs> afternoon the first day. I just can't remember what time exactly. Um I say we just hop into the podcast. That's all. We rambled enough. <laughs> Chase Ralston with Rubline Marketing. This is Jeff Lindsay.
4: This is Michael Pitts. Hey everybody, it's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey guys, this is Jared Sheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline.
2: Hi, I'm Taylor Jury from Jury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Mutt from Bow Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Buckman. Working class bow hunter. Working
5: class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class, podcast.
2: Working class bow hunter podcast.
6: Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. You're listening to the working class bow hunter. That's right. This is a podcast for Billy Joe Lunchbucket, the working man just like me and you. My name's Travis T. Bone
1: Turner from the Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. Nobody pushes the envelope like
6: working class bow hunter. Hey, this is Jules McQueen and you are listening to the working class bow hunter podcast. It's really, really not that good. 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 Force, it's it's
3: class, it's it's force, it's
1: Welcome to the Working Class Bowhunter Hunter Podcast, episode two hundred and sixty-three. Kurt is speaking. And I get left out, I think, because we don't we don't ever say our own names or who's talking on the podcast. So
2: Kurt Geyer here. Air Common in studio. I'm here. I'm back for good now. For good. Back on the <coughs> first shift. Yep. I'm drinking beers now. and New job? New job. That's I'm awesome. Loving it.
1: Yeah. Congrats, dude. Hell yes. You're uh, no longer on that third shift hustle. Yep. I gave that shit up for good. <laughs> Cameron Tank is in the building. How's it going? You once called the intern, and I think we're, tra- we're trying to phase you off of that.
5: Oh. How's that? Feels feel? different.
1: Remember you ruined it a couple episodes ago? I know. I don't like it. Pull that mic on your in your face. There you go. See is that better? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's closer
5: than two fingers. You're learning. You're learning. Damn it! There I go. Intern again.
1: Ross bigger <laughs> in studio. Yep, that's me. <laughs> Austin Chandler's in studio. What's up, guys? And on the phone, Clint Casper is calling in from Ohio.
6: What's going on, fellas?
1: What's up? It's good to have all you guys here, uh, Clint. I wish you were in studio with us, uh, but this is. His- Going to be as good as we can get it. That's right. Um, we got some of the three most knowledgeable whitetail hunters that I know. Uh, we're missing Clark Cummings. It would be the, the fourth. Um, but yeah, it's our own little crew we got. So thanks everyone for making this happen. Everyone's awfully quiet it's weird. Well, um, all right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk. We'll hit a veteran shout out quickly. Um, our buddy D Rock from Connecticut sent one in. Um, Mark Summer, uh, Navy SEAL, uh, E6, he traveled the world while raising beautiful, strong daughters and spent his last days in Springfield, Missouri, taking care of his elderly mom while carrying on the American pride and tradition of saluting his country every morning to start the day. He passed away on December 20th, um, so that DRock submitted that, so... Thank you, Mark, for your service. Um, yep. Thank you, D Rock, and Sandra. We are sorry for your loss, um, and we really appreciate everything he did. That's awesome that he submitted that, D Rock. So, if you want to submit a veteran shout out, just go to workingclassbowhunter.com, dot com. Send one in. Uh, we appreciate all of you, and I wish we could do more. But just doing the veteran shout out ep- um, every episode is just the least we can do. But so, thanks everyone out there for your service and submit a veteran shout out. Well, Hell yeah. The topic yeah. of this episode is late season bow hunting, and we are down to the wire. We're deep in late season right now. Deep, man. We're we're probably a couple weeks late on this episode, in all honesty. Yeah. But the reason why I could have just, because we're getting ready to start trade show season next week, I could have just jumped past this and said, we're just not going to do one. But I feel like now with, I don't know how many weeks are left, three, four weeks left, um, no, depending we, on where you live. Say we got seven days. Oh, in Iowa you do? Yeah, we got till oh, the 10th. Yeah. Okay, in Illinois, I think the 20th. 20th, 20th. Um, some states run a little longer. Some states are kind of in between all that.
6: Uh, 34 days in the Buckeye State, bitches!
1: <laughs> That's okay. Okay, you got a jaunt. You got a jaunt. It's, I wanted to do this episode now because I think this will give – people that are still hustling out there that are kind of losing hope. The Eric's raising his hand. It gives, it gives those people a little bit of the rocket boosters to finish out, and hit the finish line. And sure. that's why you guys are here to talk about that. You guys all have experiences killing late season. Um, Ross just killed a doe yesterday or the day before both, both, both. Two in a row. <laughs> um, Austin. You killed a buck last week. Yep. And, Last year, Clint, we were at ATA. You were supposed to go to ATA with us, and you killed a buck while we were at ATA. Um, so, yeah. the first week of January. Uh, with uh, glass in your foot. Yeah, with a piece with, of glass yeah. in your foot.
3: Okay. <laughs> January
1: 13th. Man. So, if that doesn't prove that these boys can kill deer late season, Ross, you've killed, was it not? Last, was it last year or the year before you killed year, that? year
0: before, last year I missed.
1: But you're on them.
0: We're on them. <laughs> yep. You so, love late season, don't you? I do. And really, it's it's come to that point uh, within the last four to five years. I'd say five years. I've kind of transitioned over to late season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say a lot of it has to do with work. Uh, I'm an electrician. I work on grain bins and all kinds of stuff. And it's finishing out the year, get through the holidays, and, and approaching the holidays and then into the last part of the year mm-hmm. is all my free time to really start hunting hard. And it, it's it's it been working good. And we get a lot of uh, a lot of encounters. And and I have been able to capitalize on a couple of them, or and, and a few of them. And then I've missed on a few of them. So it's part, will, of, the, part I, of the game.
2: I will say I'm a little jealous, though, because I'm out there in a tree stand freezing my ass off. <laughs> and he's into Snapchat sitting in a blind. Sitting in a coop. A little hero. Yeah. And he's worried about his windows fogging up. He's wiping it <laughs> down.
5: Well, like, let's gosh. go so, for a few sometimes.
1: things. So we have... Uh, people submitted some questions on Facebook, which we're going to get to, and we'll probably answer a lot of them before we even get to that point. But in from my experience, I'm not a huge like late season guy. I've never killed like a big buck real late season. Um, I've killed some does late season. I know from my experience, food is where it's at. Late mm-hmm. season, they're just you know they're going to be on that food, especially if it's cold. Um, this year's kind of throwing a stick and everyone spokes where we're not getting that cold weather that everyone wants for late you have to have cold weather to make late season hunting effective. Yep. Um I
2: mean really because it makes them they have their their slaves of their stomach They have to go to food. I think it's kind of like that across the board across the whole US, ain't it? That's been kind of yeah. warm out this whole season. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it has been.
5: Well, and, hell, it's been it was colder in November in the rut than it is right now. Yeah, yep. it really was. <laughs> well, so and,
1: I think we need to get a couple things out of the way because there's going to be a lot of guys that um, maybe they don't have grain to hunt over for late season. Uh, you know, bean, soybeans or corn. Uh, they their property doesn't butt up on field edges. Maybe. Um, so those guys are going to have like different tactics, and we can dive into maybe what they can do to increase their chances of of late season success. Um, I get. Where do you guys think we should start with this whole topic? If we're gonna dive in, if if there was a book. Or if there was a podcast episode called Late Season Bow Hunting one oh one, what would be the first chapter? Food. 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 Yeah. Okay. Let's start there. Let's uh since you, you spoke first, Austin, let's dive into why is food important late season?
4: Well, even though the temperatures haven't been as cold as we want here in Illinois, the biggest deer I've seen late season was it was fifty three degrees that night mm-hmm. and he's still coming out and he's feeding on cut beans. So they still have to get up, they still have to eat. So food is important whether it's cold or warm. Um and man, if you've got the time, just get out there, grind it out. Even if it's warm, get out there and see what you see because literally my best sightings this season other than the big drop tine deer I was after all came after I shot that deer. So after December 12th or 13th whenever i started hunting hard again i seen like five or six good bucks after that and mm-hmm. to
0: go along with what you said austin that uh, whether it's warm or cold i'd agree and say no matter what they need to they need to eat because they just right, dog yeah. themselves out over rut i mean yeah a long, and and to back up this year uh in particular we had a great big snow and a whole lot of cold weather at the wrong time fairly early yeah, yeah, yes. yeah fairly early and they were still kind of ruddy and and it didn't. It wasn't working as good. So even though you yeah. sat the food source, you know you'd think at that point you should be on the field edge. Well, I sat the field edge, and a few would come out, but I didn't see any big ones at all.
1: I think so. when we got that snowstorm, and we'll jump ten hours east to where Clint's at too, because I don't know what you got off of that snowstorm, Clint, but. I think when that snowstorm hit, there were still a lot of does locked down, or a lot of bucks locked down with does, and mm-hmm. I think that was kind of like, it was giving the the feeling of a late season hunt, mm-hmm. when it, in reality, wrong it, timing. it was still, yeah, it was the wrong timing for that
2: type of uh, mindset. Yeah. We got like 15 inches of snow, didn't we? Dude, yeah. Yeah, we yeah. had a ton of snow. What'd you a, get, Clint?
6: Uh, we were probably in that, like, I don't know, it was probably four to six, something like that. I mean, it was like over the course of a few days, but... I know, like, here, I mean, the biggest thing I'm seeing is uh, a lot of deer are on green right now because there's yep. green available that usually isn't available. And I mean, a mm-hmm. lot of guys, I'm hearing this, oh, it's not cold, I'm not hunting, it's not, you know, there's not snow. And I, I mean, just the other day, I was driving home, it was, like, probably 4.15, maybe 20 after 4, and... Driving down the highway and look down in across this uh, across the highway in this creek bed about two hundred yards away from a major highway and there's a couple little patches of green grass growing on the side of this creek and there was probably hundred and fifty inch buck feeding on that in broad daylight. I mean, just because that feed is not usually available this time of the year, and I mean, right. they've had beans, they've had beans and corn all fall. So I mean, some of this green that's that's actually still green, they haven't had that since early in the year. And you know, I mean, there's. I, I don't know, in my opinion, a lot of guys right now have either burnt themselves out, or they've let themselves get to the point to where bow hunting isn't fun anymore. And I mean, if I'm writing a mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm writing a, a late season bow hunting one-on-one book, my first chapter is going to be get your head right, the mental side of it. Because Ooh, that's, that's a right. good take yeah. on it.
1: That's a good take um, on it.
6: Yeah, like food is important. If you don't have food, you need to find cover where they're bad. And If you don't, but bottom line is if you don't have the mental strength right now to say i'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna grind it out i'm gonna sit in a tree i'm gonna stay after it you're either a not gonna hunt very often or b when the moment does come you're gonna forget what you even do because your head's not in it and you're gonna you're, you're gonna f up a 25 yard chip sure. shot that you should take and you know i mean hey it's it's fourth quarter i mean it's fourth quarter i mean it, i mean i mean Guys have hunted all year, guys have missed, guys have had their target bucks get hit by cars, they've had bucks get killed, they've had bucks get poached.
0: A lot of doubt. I, mean, I get
6: it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I I get it. I mean, last year, I hunted until the 13th of January. It took, it took me 97 days to kill that buck last year. But, yeah. I mean... You skipped at
1: ago, you're like, hey, boys, I'd love to be there, but...
6: Oh yeah, but I mean, you know, I mean, it was just, it was just, you know, to me, late season is as much about mental as it is anything. Because mm-hmm. if you don't, if you're not mentally into in the game, it's well, I'm going to watch this football game tonight. Well, I'm going to stay at home with the old lady and we're going to watch a movie. Well, I'm, gonna, I mean, it's like, man, you got to
1: excuses gotta become wanna, more worthy. Late oh season. yeah,
6: you got to want to be out there because come June or July, you're going to be kicking yourself in the ass for saying, you know, man, I should have. Should have been hunting in January. I, you know, I, I, I should have hunted, you know, blah blah blah. I mean I'd do anything to be in a tree skin right now, but yet the whole last month of season you hunted three times. So it's like, you know, you gotta you gotta think about that stuff right now.
0: Well and it makes it so worth it after all the effort you put in. If you do choose to grind it out, that's it and it comes together. And and it may not. It may not come together, but at least you can sit at home in June or July and say, I guarantee you, January 15th, there was not a giant buck sitting over there by my my ear. You ruled out every
1: possibility. And, you know, the thing is, you know, bow hunting is going to throw rough seasons at you like that. Mm -hmm. And I think those are really important for learning. I hustled it out to the end last year, and I was rewarded with, tagging out early this year and it just goes in waves sometimes it, it comes a little easier sometimes you nothing goes right it's a downhill shitstorm storm of missing or you wound one or you just don't ever see one like my dad he missed one late october rushed in on him he just got flustered missed just it happens to all of us and we haven't had a real good one on trail camera all season my dad's just been grinding it out my dad's been hustling and sometimes there's nothing you can do you you think you do everything right that's
4: hunting yeah you can hunt as hard as you want but if there's not a big one in there it's just not gonna happen exactly that's that's my
2: my season right now yeah eric's been hustling and just been hitting it hard and just haven't been able to i mean i missed i hit that one october 6th or 7th or whatever yeah i found it
1: well eric you know what i think man you you had you still you had a rough mule deer season early in yes. September, but you still got it done. I personally think you're going through that rough patch of a season, and next year because you push through and put your time in and the work in anyway, I just think that it comes in waves like that, right? Mm-hmm. You, you know, and Saturday and yeah.
2: Sunday are my last days to go before end of, or season closes. So, yeah, I'm gonna hit her hard this weekend and. See if I can't get it done. Yep.
1: So I like yeah. I like that we have this because we're right on the border, um, Western Illinois, Iowa. We got we got Iowa, Illinois, and Ohio in, in the studio. So, Clint's roughly ten hours straight beeline east of us, yep. and it's all kind of all the same things kind of apply being in the Midwest, and even when you get further to the east, and really, really kind of all over into the South, even too late season, you know. Um, what's cold for them. I don't have, I've never hunted in the South, but I'm just assuming you're going to hit food late season. That's what you're going to see. Um, but so if we did chapter one, you know, food slash get your head right. Pretty much, you know, stick with it. Um, I love that. Really? I love the pep talk. And I'm glad you brought that up too, Clint, because we've been getting messages the last couple of weeks. Like still got a tag in my pocket. I'm burnt out. Like, uh, I don't like any advice. What do I do? And then I'm glad we're doing this now. It's a good, it's a rocket boosters to hit the finish line. Um, oh
6: yeah, yeah, no doubt. I get, I have had a ton of those here in the last probably two weeks. That guys are just like, man, I don't know, you know what, what would you do? And I'm like, man, you got to keep hunting. I mean, you know, and the and the, and here's the thing too. I mean, for the guys that are, you know, the guys that still have a buck tag and they're looking for, you know. Uh, a mature buck, you know, four or five-year-old or, or or bigger. I mean, uh, hunting hunting big bucks one-on-one, here's the deal. You're not going to kill a giant every year. You're not going to fill your tag every year. And, and that, that's just – I mean, that's all part of it. I mean, that's just – I mean, it's, some years it's just not going to happen. And, you know, but go down swinging and say, well, I gave it all I had, but I didn't fill my tag versus, well – I just didn't hunt the last month cause ah, I just really wasn't feeling it and that, ah, I mean, you know, I mean, hey, you know, it, if you don't want to be there, I guess don't be there, but don't let an excuse be the reason why you're not there just because you've, you've talked yourself out of it. I mean, you know, right. swing, swing, for the fences and hey, we've all been there. I mean, some years you're just not going to kill a buck in your state. I mean, it, it is yeah. what it is. I mean, that's just, you know, I mean, if it was just about killing a buck and that's it. Yeah. I mean, you know but, we've all had opportunities to kill a buck but when you're hunting specific bucks or you're hunting a hey it's got to be a mature buck or buck type of deal not every year are you gonna get the tag one that's just yep. that's a part of it i you,
0: mean you went down swinging though i mean that's yep. right. oh, absolutely yeah. yeah
6: that's what yep. makes
1: you if you go down swinging man you put that last effort in and and you know that's part of the fun of bow hunting you know it's it is a struggle it is hard this isn't yep. a casual thing like in my opinion, you should have to hustle after it to take the life of an animal. Yep. If it comes easy, you're just killing.
5: Yeah, sure.
1: You know, I, I think that if you want to take and respect an animal, it's going to take some effort and time and and money and dedication. You're going to have to sacrifice time with your friends and family and not going out partying. Even though everyone else in the industry might think all working class bow hunter does is drink. We fucking <laughs> kill deer first and then we celebrate with beers. It's... You know, there's priorities here. We're we're hunters first, and the camaraderie and deer camp
2: comes with drinking beer
1: and having fun with your
2: buddies. Well, and to how shitty the season has been for me too. I mean, I've learned so much from this season just because it was a shitty season. They're the most valuable. Yep. Oh, yep. Yep.
1: for sure, they're the most valuable seasons. The hard ones. Yep. yep.
2: And I
1: just think people kind to kind of lose sight of that a little bit. Um, just talking in general, like the how hard late season hunting gets. Um, I went. I've gone through it. I know. I've been talking to a lot of people this season that have either wounded a deer and you beat yourself up over it, and it's just part of it. Because honestly, yep.
2: if I would have killed that buck October 6th, like it would have been fucking awesome, but I would have been devastated at the same time because I wouldn't be able to hunt till yeah, because you end of December, yeah. you know, until <clears throat> yeah. late muzzleloader. Dude, what do you th- I haven't been?
1: I'm I was bucked out November fourth, right? And it's kind of like a weird. It's it's good though. Like I'm super thankful for it. I wouldn't. I would. I wouldn't change it. But do i want to do that every year nah hell no i'll take it every four every five years that'd be cool
4: the longer i watch ross the more i pay attention to man i wish i had a tag in my pocket still when this late season comes on because i really have got to see how good the hunting gets you know mid Mm -hmm. to late december it just it's good and i've missed out on that a lot in my early bow hunting career but uh the longer I do this, the more selective I get early in the season, and yeah. the more I like to hang, hang on and keep a tag in my pocket for the late season. And sure. it's
0: crazy how much, uh, or not how much, how, how many deer uh, you get velvet pictures of, then they disappear, and then super late season comes along where we're at right now, and, they and show then they back show, up. Up, they or, show back up, or random show up. <clears throat> Deer that you haven't seen before, yeah, that are great big. They're coming out of. The, I mean,
1: coming to food from other properties. Right now you they're have grouping the up.
0: There's bachelor groups, and then there's great big groups of does, and there's there's lots of there's <clears throat> lots of things going on late season. And if you get on the right food source, talk about the food source. Like Clint said, feeding in a grass patch uh, or what, what I've been seeing lately is um, a cut bean field. You get that green, all the rain that we've had, and all the things. It's it's, and the warm weather. Has caused the greens
2: to grow up in the yep in the bean fields. I hunted and, I and, hunted an alfalfa field last week and I had six bucks come out yep one after each other right in line. And it's and so, these
0: does I've noticed actually uh, one of the does I killed in the last two days came out straight north of my house in a little cove uh, 300 yards from the house and I went back in there and they were coming out. I let them all come out. There was 11 of them uh, all came out at the same time and they hit right into that green that green stuff growing in the and the bean, uh, cut mm-hmm. beans. Do you so think that if it was they, way
1: colder, they'd be on like, oh, do,
0: totally different, yeah.
1: On the beans and the corn and, yep.
0: and right more now, grainy protein filled? Right now, I feel, uh, pretty grateful because I've got, uh, half ass standing beans and cut cornfield and winter wheat. Hmm. And they're all mm. tu- they're all touching together. And when standing,
6: I, standing beans, they're the golden ticket.
0: Yeah, they are. Uh, but when when the weather is cold or those deer are grinding and needing that protein, and mm. but I notice after hunting these three different sources, I can see all three of them from from my coop <laughs> <laughs> from my coop. But, <laughs> Up uh, my coop. I can watch I can watch all these deer file out and they're on the greens when it's hot, and they touch the corn for a minute. And that's about it. But it's a buffet. The last couple of days, Austin and I've hunted, and they've been coming out in the beans, and not so many on the winter wheat. They hit the corn, and then touched right into the beans. So they they kind of go back and forth. Okay, if, if given those three food choices, I would say I mean obviously diversity the greens, is good. Is the yeah, mor- moral yeah, of the, the greens story. are good? Give when them it's everything
1: warmer. they they could want, really.
0: But right, let me throw
1: this some, at you guys, and whoever wants to answer first, it's if I'm going to ask about late season hunting and I say, where are you focusing your hunts? Are you morning? Are you midday? Are you afternoon? Like, where is your highest chances of success if you're going to put that time in?
6: I'm going evening.
0: Absolutely.
1: All
6: okay. evening. Evening? Okay. Evening hands down. Hands down even. Yeah, down evening.
1: Everybody all around yeah, we've evening. Got, yep.
0: We've got, I, know, I don't know about you, Clint, but me and Austin both have uh, several cell cameras running and, They might. They'll come out in the afternoon. They'll feed, and we'll get pictures of them all night long. By daybreak, they're all gone. Mm. I've
4: got. I've got some good morning pictures, but it's just. It's so much more predictable in the afternoon. You can get such a better bead on what they're doing in the afternoon. And at this at this point in the game, you really don't want to bust one out in the morning. You know why roll that dice when he's going to get up and do the same thing almost every evening?
1: Right. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um,
0: Yep. And it's scary this time of year too because everybody is grouped up in big numbers right now. So if you do have a good food source that everybody's hitting, say twenty, say ten deer come out, say fifteen deer come out. Now you got to get out of that blind and you didn't see your shooter buck and not blow everybody out of the field. So you got to be real selective on when you make that move. I I am anyway. I'm trying to be as selective as possible on when I make that move and get out there because. you go blowing deer out of the field every night getting out of the stand or blind and and now you you just you might have ruined it well plus and
2: you got 10 more pairs of eyes 10 more noses you got everything else
0: it's scary this time of year when they're all grouped up because like last night austin and i were together and there was a couple of good bucks we were going to pass and tons of does too many deer we couldn't get really we couldn't get a window open uh we did but it was it was tough Real tough.
4: We've got it down to an art form. I'm I'm pulling the window up and handing the bow up to Ross and then I'm holding the window open while he's shooting the dough. We gotta we gotta system <laughs> down. That's awesome. That's kinda of scary. That's gotta be it scary. It was
0: teamwork, definitely.
4: Well let's do this. Let's I'm on
1: Facebook now. We did the post yesterday about what we're gonna talk about today. And we'll just use the listener uh, submitted questions to dive deeper into this late season yep. uh, puzzle and then you guys can all answer. Whoever wants to go, just go. Um, it's all up in the air here, uh, Mitchell. Any advice on late season tactics with the warmer weather coming would be appreciated. We kind of covered this, but um, maybe everybody could just give a tip with warmer weather and like how to tackle it. St- Clint, I'll start with you since you're 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 the guest from out of state.
6: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I'm I'm the privileged guy on the phone. Rather be in studio drinking beer, but it, it's, all right. it's all it's all good. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, man, wh- warmer temps, I mean, it's it's tricky because, I mean, like Austin said, there's, I mean, I'm still seeing, you know, good bucks that are out feeding like you in daylight where you'd think it was 10 degrees out with a foot of snow. But, I mean, I think, a, you know, I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, right now there's not a lot of pressure and a lot of these bucks, you know, I mean, they've been hunted, but there's a lot of guys that aren't hunting right now. And I, I think they're almost back into a calm state. And in my opinion, you can almost compare this weather right now to early season. And I, I, I love it when guys tell me, you're, you're an idiot for hunting the first week of, of, the, of season. It's going to be 75 degrees tonight. There ain't no big buck on a speed. Now, wait a minute. I watched them in 80 and 90 degree weather all summer long come out at 530, 6 o'clock, 630. Now, all of a sudden, because it's first week of bow season, you're telling me they're not going to move in 75 degree weather. Well, the same thing applies right now. I mean, Yeah would it be better if we have a ton of cold weather and snow to force them to move early every night? Absolutely. But they still got to feed. And right now with this warm weather, instead of just corn and beans to focus on, like I was saying, and, and like Ross and Austin all said, you've got this, you know, you've got these greens that are out there that usually aren't. So I would say focus right now on some of these food sources that normally aren't around right now whether it's clover fields that are still super green maybe you've got you know maybe you got a lot of creek bottoms where there is a bunch of super green neon patches that's growing right now i mean i would you know i would really try to key in on on if you if you can get in on some green or get in on some food sources that maybe you know usually aren't around right now check those out and just see what's going on um and, and I'm, I'm going to go back to the metal thing too. I mean, step, step one right now is you can't give up, period. I mean, you absolutely cannot give up. That's bottom line. I don't care if you want to sneak in tight to a bedding area, if you hunt a cut cornfield, if you go hunt green, just hunt somewhere get, be in the woods because it could happen any second and the season's not over. So that's, that's where I'm putting my money is, I mean, you just, you got to be out there, you know, swinging for the fences. I mean, it's, it's in the, you know, ninth inning. Bingo.
1: For sure. I think everybody's on board with that. Yep. Good, Good. luck, Mitchell. Keep us uh, in the loop, man. What happens? Uh, Trevor Schmidt. This should be epic. Um, Jake Gable. Late season is the best time to kill a specific big deer, hands down, especially if the weather cooperates. Keyboard. <laughs> um <laughs> Mike Topper. Fuck. Fuck yeah, now I'm amped. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Cody Schaefer. In my state, you can bait you can bait your deer. Is that a good way to kill a buck? Will that make them more nocturnal, or will that make them more nocturnal? So, in Illinois and Iowa, we can't do that, but Ohio, you can.
6: Yep. Yep, sure can.
1: So you're the only guy that can talk about this, brother.
6: So, I mean, here's here's the deal with with the baiting thing. And there's guys that are for it, guys that are against it. Personally, um, does it work? Absolutely. I've seen it work. Um I've used bait piles as far as for for pictures and to try to figure out bucks. Um you know baiting in my opinion if done correctly can be super successful, but it's not as simple as what guys think there's a lot of states that don't allow baiting and everyone thinks oh ohio just throw 120 pounds of corn on the ground put a camera on it figure out when a buck's coming in daylight and kill it it's not it's not that easy i mean um you know you almost need to you know to number one you got to make them feel safe i mean your 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 location of the of the bait pile say it's going to be corn or apples i mean it's got to be a location that number one they're they're not afraid to be in during daylight um You know, they're going to be super sketchy coming in. So I mean, your, your tree stand setup has got to be, you know, on point. Realistically, if it's me and I said, okay, I'm going to bait. This is, this is, this is, that's just my last ditch effort. I'm, I'm baiting. Um, I would hunt the deer coming to the pile. And the reason why is because if you've got, imagine you've got a 250 pound pile of corn and you've got, 12 does that come out early and they're on it and then your buck comes out after that okay now you're trying to get drawn at 25 yards with all these eyes on you uh you're trying to not get busted not get winded so you know the baiting thing i would i would set up 70 80 yards you know on trails you know that are going to be leading to that and try to let deer actually slip by you onto it um i think in late season i mean you obviously you you can't get away with any mistakes. So can you turn a buck, not turn a by doing this? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if he doesn't want or think that that piles legit, um, you know, he might only hit it at night. You, you may never see him in the daylight. I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of 50 50. I mean, but in the right scenario, I mean, there's guys here in Ohio that have a legit system. Like I'm talking about. And whether people think it's right or wrong, whatever, it's legal here. They kill a giant every single year off of baiting, whether it's apples, corn, mixture of minerals and corn, whatever. And, I mean, that's just their ticket. I mean, they're good at it, and they make it happen. I mean, you know. It does make
1: sense, though. If someone served me a hot Casey's pizza and it sat there and I could just eat it at dark and safety, I'd only go there at night and eat that Casey's pizza.
6: (laughs) (laughs) And, 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 And that's the thing, too, is with warmer weather like this, is how it's not going to be like supernatural, I'm going to say with the warmer temp, it, it's going to be. It's going to be, be harder. harder on you. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's going to be harder because he's going to lay um, up.
1: It it's dark. It's like cool, man. I'm going to go eat that Casey's pizza, yeah. and he just yeah. strolls his fat ass over there and beds down, and eats <laughs> it while he's bedding.
6: Yeah, <laughs> yep. And and you know the thing is too is a lot of guys. I think where a lot of guys mess up on the, on the baiting is. They put a pile out and, and they, they put one stand and they hunt that, that tree. No matter the wind, no matter with the thermals, no matter, it doesn't matter. I'm hunting this stand. I'm hunting over this corn. I mean, dude, you get one mature doe to bust you one time over that pile every time she comes in. Guarantee you every time from that night on when she comes in, she will be watching that tree and watching that spot because she knows that corn pile was a, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, you know, during this late season phase, I mean, you really got to be touchy if you're going to mess with something like that. Can it work? Absolutely. Like I said, I mean, I've got guys, i got buddies, I know people that do that is how they kill big bucks every year. That's the only way they do it. I mean, that's, that's just, that's their game. Mm-hmm. But it's a very intricate system. And, I mean, this year with the warm weather, man, I, I don't know. I mean.
1: Let, let me you ask you do, this, Clint since you can bait in your state are you if they left it up to you hey clint we're going to make this this law for 2019 your pick keep baiting or take it away
6: take it take it away
1: i thought that i would get that answer but i just i had to ask
6: yep take, take it away and and not because i'm not because i'm against baiting but what i don't like is a lot of people don't understand this um, baiting with corn constant is not good for a deer deer have a deer have a hard time in general digesting corn a lot of people don't realize this but and especially so okay if we so ate nothing but corn our shit would look the same as
1: the deers <laughs> oh,
6: <yeah. laughs> well the, the the thing with it is is from a from like a nutritional standpoint corn when you start feeding it, let's say season opens up September 30th. A lot of guys in this state on September 1st, they'll start dumping 300 pounds of corn every week. They will condition a buck in early season to hit this corn in daylight before he heads off to a bigger field somewhere. Like, so, you know, they'll find a good transition zone. They're dumping corn once a week, cameras over it. The minute that they kill their buck, they're done baiting. No more corn. So now all these deer who have now been eating corn for a month, their stomach, they no longer get corn. Like, like let's say there's no corn in that area. So now no longer do they get that. Same thing in late season. These deer are relying on a guy's corn pile. For three months, he's been baiting, baiting. Finally, he kills his buck on January 13th and says, okay, I killed my buck. That's it. I'm done. Now there's no more corn. And these deer have, like, their their stomachs have been slaved to this. It's just it's hmm. it's just not it's just it's not good for. I mean, like it's like eating.
0: That's like eating it's steak not, and then switching to vegetarian the next day.
6: Yeah, I mean, damn, I never
0: thought of it that way. I
1: today. haven't either. No,
6: it's it's not. And, and if you if you look up online, like, um, uh, who the heck was it? I want to say it was the late the uh, the late great um, Charles Alzheimer. He did a couple a couple stories about it, and I know. Um, I wanna say Gary Clancy's done some stuff. I mean there's been a couple big time light tail writers that have done some some research studies and done a bunch of stuff on corn and baiting and I mean, like I said, for the guy that baits here around and dumps some corn, dumps mineral, does all that, hey, I'm I'm cool with that. Like, I mean I right, but I just hate to see guys that just dump a pile for a month and then the minute see, the minute they kill their buck, that's it. They're done. And like you condition these deer to eat corn, eat corn, eat corn, eat corn. And then you totally take it away from them. And like I said, corn is not that great digestively for a white tail anyway. It's just not. So I mean, so for me, you know, I mean, it's, and here's the other side. The other side is let's say, Kurt owns 20 acres, and he's got five neighbors around him. If all five of his neighbors are baiting, guess what? If Kurt doesn't bait, Kurt's not going to see any deer. Yeah. Because every deer, every deer will be heading to or going to that corn, whether it's before daylight or before it's dark, or at some point they're going to be heading to that corn. So now if you're not riding a fence line and hunting a, a property edge, you're in trouble Mm -hmm. because if you're the only guy who's not baiting, I mean, I've actually quit hunting some farms because of this, because literally the neighbors were baiting so hardcore that it was either I had to start doing that myself, which I wasn't going to do or flip side, I had to just basically throw the towel in there and move elsewhere. And I Mm -hmm. mean, for me, it's, you know, I mean, it it was, it, it, it came down to that decision. And I mean, it's, it's hard to get into a baiting war, um, I got a really good buddy who's a big, I mean, big time buck, big time buck killer. I mean, he's, he's probably got 20, 25 Pope and Young's on the wall with his bow and he's running into this right now. I mean, he's got some dynamite farms, but dude, it is like, he told me that like a month ago from one of his tree stands, he could see three different properties with his, with his, uh, his binoculars. He counted six different corn piles from his tree stand on neighboring <laughs> That's absurd, properties. Man. Six different corn piles. Now I'm how are you for supposed Illinois. to yeah. uh, I mean how are you supposed to compete with that? I mean if you're not baiting, why would any deer I mean I mean, you know, this time of the year especially if you're baiting, I mean it's I mean, if I was a I mean, farmer not, in
1: Ohio, how you I'd up? have my sieve and chaffer shut all the way down, and I'd be just mowing over corn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd just be yep. spreading corn out of the back. Just, yep. I'd have the rock trap open, just dropping cobs.
6: Yeah, yep. but, yeah, no, I mean, like I said, I mean, I'm not against it or fool. I mean, hey, whatever, man. I mean, you know, it's, it's just like the crossbow compound thing. Hey, if you want to use crossbow, great. If we, I mean, what, whatever. We can. You know, I'm cool.
1: In Illinois, Austin, you probably know this more than anyone here. You can't mow corn in Illinois, can you? As far as I know, you can, but I... Okay, maybe maybe as if you have it in the CR... Oh, I don't no, know the rules.
5: So it's really weird. It breaks it out to waterfowl. You can't mow corn for waterfowl. Oh, really? I looked it up because we had one podcast and we talked about it. And, uh, yeah, it was... It's because it of it's what the waterfowl. waterfowl... Well, I mean, it's baiting for waterfowl. Which, oh, I don't know. It's weird. Yep. It's the so I, I think there's
2: something like that in Iowa too. If you leave up standing corn, you can't mow it down. Really? Or standing beans? Yeah, you can't yeah. go in there with like a mower, like yeah, a bat wing or something, and mow it down. In
1: yeah. Ohio, you could because what the hell, right? You can beat well, yeah, oh, it. Yeah, absolutely. And there's uh, there,
6: there's lots of guys that leave standing beans and corn, and come January first, they mow half of it down. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, they're. They are planting it specifically for deer. You and- know what
1: I've also heard guys do? And and uh, I, I knew a, guy, a farmer. Uh, I worked for deer. It was a guy that we were, his place we were working at. I have nothing to do with hunting this property, just to be clear. <laughs> um, but, you know, I just, I'm there talking to him. I seen some blinds I had set up. And they had this little corn, a couple acre corn plot, you know, surrounded by woods. Like, oh, yeah, we just drive over with the tractor at the end of the year. And them deer love that corn when it's laid down like that. And, oh, yeah, and yep. they're not. I'm. Mean, I'm sure what they're doing. I, maybe it's illegal. I don't I've, know. I, well, but I they're not understand. mowing it.
5: Yeah, I would say I don't understand. And so it, they just drive way. over it. I mean, you have the food plot, but then you can't just mow it. I mean, the food's still there. Yeah, it's it still edible. It. Well, yeah, and,
2: and with standing corn, I mean, it's on the stock or it's on the ground. What the hell's the difference? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Which,
5: which I don't know if there's a gray area where, like, well, how do we know if you don't just dump bags of corn then? in your mode corn. Yeah. right. It's a debate. Yeah. It's a debate
1: not to well, get into right
5: it's now. It's such I guess. a
6: gray area that yeah. Yeah. And th- th- that's that's kind of how it is in Ohio like like I said I'm not for or against it because I mean, I mean, I've used them. I've 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 on them. I mean, I I I've, I've tried to play that game just to like just to see and honestly, I think a lot of guys don't realize this but corn piles like in your head it makes sense like oh this will be easy i just dump corn a big buck shows up i kill it but honestly in my (laughs) opinion and this is just me i think you educate and i think you run more bucks off by doing by by baiting the, the the typical mainstream way of just dumping a pile of corn on the edge of a field and putting a stand and a camera over it I think you educate more mature deer, does yeah. and bucks than you're ever going to actually shoot or potentially have yeah. chances at. Well, now, yeah, because
1: if you're that's your tactic, you're go walking around like a jackass on everything and touching everything and going yeah, well, in on whatever wind and.
6: You know, I mean, let, I let's
1: just, get off I, the bait thing. I'm kind of over <laughs> this whole bait. It doesn't. It it bums me out a little, but so thank yeah. you, Cody Schaefer, for starting that uh, debacle. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate your your question, though, man. Good luck to you. Um I love that Tom Self says, Oh man, this ought to be interesting and jam packed and Clint responds, drop your red panties and hold on to your hat, it's about to get wild. <laughs> straight
6: <laughs> um, out of straight out of Connor McGregor's mouth. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Bust out the red panties. We've made it. <laughs>
6: I mean, uh, we did it.
1: <laughs> shout out to uh Greg Godfrey. He's he's uh the man behind Tethered, one of them one of the men behind Tethered uh saddle hunting big shout out to them i want to hear about austin chandler's big bucks <laughs> which we're going to talk about the uh, the old saddle thing here i want to i do want to get to that so don't let me jump past that okay um because we have your last big buck in studio right now um troy Naylor says i'm dying for some cold weather it's awfully warm in ohio this year which everyone is going to agree um Here's a question that's not late season, honey. Maybe we can just really just touch on this kind of quick without diving real, real deep. Kelly Dewey asks a uh, question. What's the furthest shot you feel comfortable taking in that big bucks from a tree stand? We'll just uh, – we'll start – Awesome, we'll start with you.
4: Longest shot I would ever take. Um, if he's feeding, there's a 10-mile-an-hour wind to cover up noise and everything, and nobody's alert. I'd probably try a 70-yard shot on something that was feeding and the conditions were right. I'd be comfortable with a 70-yard shot on a deer.
1: Assuming you put in your practice time for the listeners just to
0: cover that. But, okay. Ross, my longest is 55. 55. I laugh as I say that because I feel like I could do better. I practice longer. He's the long
4: bomb king. This guy can shoot at 80 all day long. Ross
0: is, too. I (laughs) practice at 80. I should practice at the 100, long but I, I practice at 80 and feel... I It's totally different, man. When you're sitting, I don't care if can, you're sitting in a chair. Can
1: I cut you off real quick? Cut now. me off. I'm sorry. I had to be clear for our listeners out there. We shoot our bows a lot. Mm-hmm. And yep. we don't go out and try an 80-yard shot because we think we can just try it and yeah. it's no big right. deal. Right. We know the consequences of long-range shooting. Yep. They don't happen often. But they can happen if you put your homework in. We practice. Yep. I just had to make that make that clear.
0: And so I practice really hard at eighty, and I my two farthest shots. I killed a buck and I killed a doe at fifty five, and both of them felt good when I shot them. Uh, they, everything went went like I wanted it to. Mm-hmm. Um, now fifty five is my longest. I have a buddy that his longest kill was one fifty five. Holy and shit! I thought you know with a bow, with they, a bow. They practice at one fifty. These guys have won world records, so they're 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 <laughs> archery <insane>. kings. <laughs> it's insane. Uh, but yeah, longest kill one fifty five. So, but now Holy you're shit. gonna we're gonna fire up some guys. Yeah, and some unethical. Gonna, yeah.
4: There, yeah, there's yeah, – anyways, yeah, I'm yeah. not
0: going to worry about any of that because obviously the target can move, things hey, can happen. There's guys have well.
1: been in the mainstream industry, have been kicked off Under Armour, been kicked off Real Realtree yep. for making shots. Uh, I'm not going to yep. say their names, but So I know.
0: I'm just going to leave that little thing I said out there, and you can think about it for a second, but don't ask any questions, so – Anyway, uh, <laughs> one one fifty five is a long bomb. I probably wouldn't do that myself, but you I, know how many
1: guys I know that hunt out west that kill antelope at a hundred plus yards. Yeah, uh, it's, it's more than the
4: people day. admit
1: all yeah. day long. Yep, and those guys practice. You don't do that shit without practice. No, practicing. So that's not
4: an accident. No, but, it's yeah, not an accident. Yeah. Yeah. To go right. back to you're not expression. tripping
1: to a 100-yard shot. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> but to go back
0: to his question on how what what range would you feel comfortable? Well, I can tell you shooting flat-footed and shooting at a target is totally different than mm-hmm. sitting in a blind in a chair shooting at that range. So, you got to practice every different form. Yep. Shoot on one knee, shoot on two knees, yeah. Um, I don't care shoot off your belly, whatever you got to do. Shoot off your back. I mean, you, you do some <laughs> yeah. you however do you're going to s- hunt. However you're going to hunt or whatever situation you're going to be in. So uh, lately, we you know we've been sitting uh in chairs in a blind. Okay, this question turned out more
1: fun than I want. So we're going to do everyone in the studio. Clint, what's your furthest shot you would take?
6: Man, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's going to have to depend. I mean, there's a lot of factors, just like, you know, Ross and Austin said. Um, I mean, I shoot at 120 to 130 all year to make 70 and 80-yard shots simpler for me because I hunt so much out west. Um, yep. Longest Longest whitetail I've shot is, memory serves me right, 76, 77 yards. Um, I've killed quite a few at that 50 to 60 range. So, I mean, but conditions were right i had no wind um i had deer feeding um i didn't have many deer there you know no one knew i mean so you know yeah i mean it it just goes back to what you're comfortable with and 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 just real quick to touch on shooting in general i mean you know it's all got to be within where you're confident like you know i mean this this might come off like cocky to some but it's just this is just my mentality like uh, when I draw in a bow back, if my dial goes to 110, if you're within 110 and I draw that bow back, I'm killing you. I mean, that's just... that's just, And and, and I mean, and and that's just... That's not... You gotta be you know, that way. Yeah, I mean, that, that's just... I mean, you can look at it, uh, a linebacker in football, a uh, shooting guard in the NBA, whatever. I mean, a shooter is a shooter. I mean, and... You know, you're middle linebacker. There's no one in the world you can't tackle. So, I mean, for me, it's just a confidence thing of, you know, I know I can make those shots. If, if, if I can dial tape to it, I, I'm, I'm going to kill you. I mean, it just, it, it's just – That
1: feeling honestly changes the game for everything. Bo, oh, I mean, yeah, no, honey, you have to
0: be confident in anything, yep. you, anything you do, even in life. If you're yeah. not yep. if you're not confident, ensure yourself you're going to fall on your face. Yeah, you yeah. can't you Everybody, can't be yeah. asking questions. You got to be. <laughs> I'll, I'll
1: touch on this shot thing, and we're spending more time on it than I wanted to, so I'll go quick. Up until last year, my furthest shot was 35 yards, and I've been bull hunting a long time. This year, I killed the doe at 60 yards. Um, nice, and I don't nice. get those shots often. Um, I don't take them often. But it felt right, and I felt confident because I yep. practiced my fucking ass off this <laughs> summer for elk yep. hunting yep. I, for for whitetail and, and elk. But in my head, I'm yep. going to kill an elk, and if he's out at 55 yards, I'm smoking. Yeah, you got to be oh, you yeah.
4: got to be good at 80 yards when you go out west. Yeah, I mean, that's, yep. Yep. you got to be good. I
1: got advice from my buddies. I'm going to try and go antelope hunting this year, um, and they said if you can't shoot 80 yards accurately, you're at a huge disadvantage already. And I'm oh, like, yeah. oh. Okay, I'm gonna try and shoot 100, 120, 130 yards this summer. So 80 feels yeah. like 30 yards. Well, right. well
6: I've killed, I I went two for two in Montana the last two years, and I'll just I'll leave you with this. My close my my closest of the two was 86. Jesus Christ. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, well let's move on from that. Um, <laughs> Connor Wakefield asks. Uh, big shout out Connor. Check out. Two episodes ago, 261, he was on. Um, yeah, good
6: episode, good episode.
1: Some people wrote in and said that was the best episode we've ever recorded. Shout out to everyone on that episode and everyone we mentioned on that episode. <laughs> Podcast hunting is where it's at, baby. <laughs> right.
3: um,
1: he said, uh, basically, non-prevailing winds for your area. I'm assuming he wants to know
0: how you would tackle that. Well, uh, Austin and I, just talking on last night, Austin and I, uh, sitting in the blind 40 deer and there's 40 deer in the field and which is it's, it's, it's this field stupid i mean there's always deer in there but uh we had we said when we got set down man it, we're gonna be fine as long as nobody gets right in that little pocket and they will catch us if they catch us we're screwed the whole night and actually i don't know six seven eight different deer three of them bucks uh busted us but not busted us we had that blind sealed up tight and they smelled something, and every one of them licked their nose, stared right at the blind, couldn't figure it out, went back to feeding. So if you don't have a prevailing wind, if you can seal your scent up super tight, sometimes you can get away with stuff. We shouldn't have got away with what we did, but we did last night, and I ended up shooting a doe to clear the field. What
1: if a guy <laughs> has no chance of beating that wind? There's not. Stay a-
0: away from it. You just can't do nothing about it. You just it. no, I, you just use, reposition. Hey, use,
4: use terrain features, use terrain features yeah. to your advantage. It's, it's, a, good, it's a good good advice. Yeah. That
1: is good yeah. advice cuz that you can work around. And I'm assuming Connor's on some sort of public piece which is why he's asking. Mm-hmm. Um, it does kind of paint you back into a corner. It does. A little and a little bit and it's you Now what do you do? It, you know, it, scent it, controls your best friend no matter what you're doing.
0: And access, I mean access and and <laughs> exit. I mean they 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 count yeah. big time this time of year. It's it, it, I don't know. It gets Dude, really tough. Ever
1: since I changed the way I look at entry and exit, my buck signs have gone up dramatically. It yeah. Really has. Um, that's a tough question. What do you think, Clint? On a, if you just don't have the right wins for your area.
6: I mean, late season, you know. <laughs> They are so sketchy from just—I mean, you know—they've been hunted archery, they've been hunted in the rut, they've been hunting in gun season, they've hunted in muzzleloader season, rifle season. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, you—you've got to be—it's there's a fine line between pushing the envelope and getting to the point where you're just being stupid and and completely blowing your chances. But I do think a lot of guys though forget thermals. And prevailing winds, yeah, I mean, like, okay, like, you know, the wind, the wind might be coming. Okay. It's, it's an evening hunt. So your thermals are going to be, you know, are going to be falling. Um, so let's say a wind out of the north, but you're hunting at the top of a ravine or something with those thermals, dude. I mean, chances are I'll I'll guarantee you're not going to have a You're not going to have your scent because your thermals blowing, you know, blowing south with that north wind. I guarantee. I mean, I just guarantee it. So I mean, I think. If you use terrain to your advantage a little bit, you can kind of find some quirks maybe by using those thermals to your advantage to where, okay, yeah, I get it. Weather Channel says it's a south wind, but with thermals, especially on a night when there's not a ton of wind, I mean, you know, man, those. ever since I started hunting out west where thermals are like everything, thermals are so important. And, and I've taken that back to my whitetail stuff. And, man, there's a lot of times now that I hunt wings that I never would have hunted because I'm like, okay, I'm going into this spot judging off of what thermals are going to be doing on an evening hunt and the way the terrain lays. I should be able to make this work. And, man, nine times out of ten, I mean, usually it's not the same wind that they're calling for, and you're actually okay. But if you would have went just off of what Weather Channel was saying, I would have never went in there. So, I mean – I would say, you know, definitely do a little bit of checking around while you're in there on some different spots and kind of play them thermals a little bit. I mean, I realize the, the dominant wind, you know, if you've got a 15-mile-per-hour wind, yeah, okay. Realistically, yeah, I mean, there's, there's you know, 15, 20-mile-an-hour. If it says it's out of the north, it's pretty much out of the north. I mean, there there's there's not a whole lot you can do with that. But on nights where it's not real windy, man. Them thermals, I mean, they can be real shifty where it might be out of the east or you know, whatever, and it's calling for
0: north, but animals out of the east are fine, so. Yeah. Well, and, and too,
2: going back on that, like, weather app channel and stuff where the wind's always wrong, like, the best thing I ever did was I bought a weather station for my house, and that, I mean, I look at that thing every morning to see the wind direction. It'll give you a barometric pressure. It gives you everything right on contact. You don't have to worry about an app being wrong or nothing. But we're
0: getting – we're getting – fairly deep on on the strategy here with digging in deep going yeah. in uh, and hunting the wind and and thermals and everything but it really does play in i mean you got to watch that stuff if you want to be successful especially mm-hmm. if you're on a big bug that you're confident yep. on and that i don't know austin i would say i would say at that point most of us probably don't have a deer stand in that spot that you need to be in according to the terrain and the thermals and everything and austin can he just hunted and killed this big buck that's in the studio tonight um, out of a saddle. And I think saddle is probably your go to on these run and gun, I get do, in the tree. Hang bang. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Hang and bang.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Ross genuinely felt bad for saying run and gun. I really did. <laughs> I saw it on your face. <laughs> it re-de- I'm, redefines I'm hang and bang. I do want to get into that um, in some detail with you guys here because you guys are all big buck killers. Let's. Um, Someone asked about deer drives. Let's 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 hit these, and then I want to touch into, we can close out whatever we haven't covered, yep. and then I want to do talk about your latest book, Austin, and saddle hunting because, um, it's an exciting topic and it's a controversial topic, but it's an effective form of hunting. Yep. Um. Timothy Stancliffe, Timothy. Have you ever attempted a drive with your bow? I know it sounds silly, but every chance I've had with a Flintlock, I feel like I would have an even better chance with a bow in late season drives. Um, personally, I have never done it with a bow. I have, I haven't done a deer drive since I was a little guy and like was just started and like, oh, I don't know what to do now. The deer aren't moving. Let's drive them. Since so I didn't understand how deer moved. I didn't understand like what I understand
0: now. Um, <clears throat> I tell you what, if you want to be if you want to be good with a bow on a deer drive, let the combine be your deer driver, and be, be good with the neighbors. And if the neighbors call you and say there's a big buck in this last eight rows, and we're we're finishing out the field, uh, I've, got couple, over there. I've got a couple. I've got a couple buddies that have killed some pretty good bucks, uh, just off the end rows of a cornfield. That
1: is the best answer to that question. That I think I I I didn't know I wanted to hear that, but when I heard it, it
2: sounded right. Well, yeah. look, at, look at look at Doug's mom. She was. In the auger cart, and his dad was combined, He's like, hey, there's a big buck in here. Get ready. And she's seen him come out, right, got out of the tractor, and shot him. Really? Yeah.
1: Man. Yikes. <laughs> yep. Savage. Yeah. Savage. Damn. Doug's hunting right now. Hopefully, I mean, they're not harvesting oh, corn. hopefully yeah. you not.
0: Know, it's, it's, it's like two, two, three, what, two and a half hours past dark. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, I think he's done now. <laughs> yeah. It's a full moon.
5: It's a full moon. You don't need to worry about it. What's deer? Have you
1: ever heard a deer drive guy? No, not a deer I drive. I mean, guy.
6: growing growing up and still in shotgun season, I mean, that's that's all my family does because I mean I'm the only bow hunter. So I mean, I've grown up doing deer drives. I've grown up um being part of, you know, orchestrated deer drives, but with a plan and a purpose. I mean, you know, it's not just run through the woods banging pots and pans. I mean, it's a slow, <laughs> methodical, you know, it's a slow, methodical um, uh, push. You know, I mean, and yeah. you're trying to get deer up and get deer to move, but you're not trying to make it to where they're mm-hmm. running for their lives. Yeah. But, I mean, I know some guys uh, personally that, I mean, they've killed some booners off of two- and three-man drives and basically going into a thicket. Where there's a saddle, or there's a funnel, or there's some type of pinch point that 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 these deer are going to use as an escape route, they put the shooter there, and then two guys come in from the back with you know the winds at their back. Um, so, the deer are winding them as they're as they're coming in. And it's it's just a very slow, methodical walk. It's, through the it's more
1: of a pressure push at that point. Oh yeah, yeah. It's yeah. A oh, light no, pressure yeah. push. Yep. Slow. And I mean, you know, hey, did we just make another term in the industry a pressure push? Pressure push. <laughs> there are no longer deer drives. They're pressure pushes. <laughs> pressure
6: a pressure push. Yeah, and I mean, you know, like I, I, I
1: said, a I mean, making pressure pushing. <laughs>
6: pressure pushing. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you
3: know, I mean, I've
6: actually uh, I, like I went it. on. I went on a couple um with some of my buddies back. I mean, it's been probably eight, nine years ago. We had some doe tags, and um we did them just for fun. And, I mean, I I killed two does doing this. I mean, just like, you know, I mean, one was at like 15 yards standing there looking back at the drivers. The other doe was at like 30 yards, and she was just slowly walking and, and kind of like trying to pick her way, and like figure out, okay, you know, there's guys in the woods. What do I want to do? Where do I want to go? And, I mean. And like I said, I mean, you know, I've never killed a big buck doing it, but I've never actually tried to kill a big buck doing it. I've just done it with doe tags. But I know guys that legit have killed. I mean, I know a guy that's got a a 183 on the wall that legit was from a – they knew he was in this woodlot. He was not moving. It was last week of season. They said, screw it. Let's get five guys together and let's try to get him killed. And sure as shit, the guy that was on the saddle – I mean he I mean he made a beeline line for that saddle. He shot it at like forty yards standing there looking back at the driver. I mean it worked out picture perfect. I mean yep. you know it's crazy. not saying that I'm gonna go round up ten guys and, and, and that's how I'm gonna start blow hunting big deer, but it is a last ditch effort. And yeah, here's the deal, it's fun. I mean it's something different yeah, like you're right. I think there's something I traditional in,
1: about a deer driver yeah, deep in oh, the yeah. of deer yeah.
6: Because I mean, let's be honest, Pressure I mean, push, I yeah. Mean, I mean Yeah. Pressure yeah. pushes And when you have all your relatives and...
0: Yeah, it's your tradition. It's, it's a ritual thing.
3: Yeah,
6: it's the ritual, yeah. man. Way back, Honor it. Way back with the Indians, I mean, they were doing this shit. So I mean, it is kind of cool. Just this push them the off cliffs.
1: Thing. Fuck it. Yeah, it, that
6: exactly, yeah
1: we'll yeah. just eat the tongue. It's fine. <laughs> it works. Oh, Sorry. it works
6: on hey, buffalo. It works on buffalo. We can do it on white tails. You know, yeah, I'm
1: kidding. I don't want all the Native Americans writing in all mad at me. <laughs> yeah, that's what I just this that did. I don't know. You covered yourself just right there. Very good. If you you take anything we say like that in that term serious man you gotta find another podcast yeah um <laughs> now the, the the push is an interesting topic is there anything that we haven't covered that's super effective for late season are we are we good there
4: well we'll get into it when i talk about my book but uh, there are still some young does coming into coming into the last cycle it's almost like the third cycle so ross
1: talked about this la- was it last year or the year before ross something da- like
0: that ross is dancing over there and no i i was just you talked about the the other yes, cycles okay. of the so rut phase one phase so however you want to anyways finish Austin
4: no t- we'll get into it but basically when I shot this buck there were four or five bucks on a couple does and the one doe was hot this buck was with her, and when she came out to feed he decided to come around and and uh, touch up a couple scrapes and I actually mm-hmm. shot this deer on a scrape like December twenty eighth or 9th. so damn so dude. scrapes
0: yeah. what he's saying scrapes yeah. are hot right now mm-hmm. and
4: can be. Can, can be only hot. only hunt
5: scrapes yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Only yeah. hunt scrapes. <laughs> <laughs> no. <if> forget, <laughs> forget the food.
1: Everything a, we
0: say is the final
1: word. If you've stuff. got a
0: scrape that's been hit, you better yeah. be on it. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes yep. sense. Yep. Um.
6: Yeah. I do. I agree with that. If you've got scrapes opened up right now, there's a reason why they're opened up. You better be there.
1: So yep. what I want? Let's transition now. I feel like we covered all that. Um, a lot of that has all been discussed before. Um,
0: this podcast. I,
1: on this podcast and almost every other podcast, but we're giving you, like, different insight. There's one question I wanted to bring up and then kind of answer it all at the same time because I know I'm going to get a, a message after this episode goes out if I don't bring this up and then give an answer to it. Yep. Is the guys that don't have the opportunity to hunt um, a grain plot or any sort of food plot that are hunting, like, big timber mm-hmm. edges. And I'm sure right now with the warmer weather, if there's acorns, they're going to eat acorns. Um, They're going to feed on greens in the timber, that sort of thing. Um, I think if once it gets colder for those guys and maybe you guys can correct me and maybe I'm fucking way wrong. I don't know. This is what I would do personally. If it's cold, cold weather, I grew up on a property that didn't have food on it, but the neighbors had food. When the weather gets cold like this, if I'm hustling out to late season, I'm getting as close as I can to that food, but trying to intercept them. And if you, got to go in the afternoon you're scared about bumping them you just do the best you can with the wind and the terrain features and sit in to try and intercept them getting up to get curious from bed to food yep it's all you can do at that point that's right um and you know they'll mill around Mm -hmm. deer eat bark tree bark and shit and people don't know they do that but they do it um and you can get them doing that shit too on their way back to bed because they're not like clinton said earlier they're not going to eat just grain
0: they're yep. feeding on right. other
1: stuff, too, in that mix as well. Right. right.
0: And I talked earlier. Um, like I Go ahead, Clint. Oh,
6: no, no, no. Go ahead.
0: Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, like I talked earlier, I have beans, cut corn, and uh, winter wheat. Mm-hmm. And some, uh, a lot of guys don't have that. I don't usually have that, but I do this year. So I've been able to watch these deer and watch them uh, according to the temperature and, and lots of things. So I've, I've learned a lot this year uh, watching them, but... Um say somebody only has cut corn. I'm going to go back to what you said Kurt and you know if cut corn's the only grain that they have to eat, they're going to stay on the cut corn. I mean mm-hmm. the food is food to them right now. If they had a smorgasbord, they could pick and clean through yeah. what they want, but they don't always get that. So, um yeah, try to try to get in there and intercept them. So,
5: mm-hmm. you, you know. got to
1: adapt and overcome essentially.
5: Yeah. i'd say last year when I was hunting public, I mean I was hunting shelter I mean shelter yeah. areas where it's a drop off or heavy heavy woods or whatever I mean if it's blocking that cold wind I mean I know it's not cold right now but who knows what <laughs> normally happens. it would have been yeah. yeah who knows what'll happen next week I mean, I mean that's really ba- on a basic shelter. level
1: like on on like a just on the outside that's you know using terrain features to your, yeah. to your advantage mm-hmm. cuz terrain features are uh, there could be a funnel it could be the deer it's forcing the deer down to a certain area, which is a yep. funnel. Um, but you know, cover safety. That's why South facing slopes is where you find sheds. Yep. You know, it all adds up. That's where the sun's hitting most of the day. That's where they're getting their warmth. That's where they're kind of re-energizing they're resting up there. Then they're hit wherever they're going from there to wherever the food is, is in between there is where you want to be. Yep. Um, well, and
6: touching on touching on South facing slopes. It's funny. You, brought that up because that's what i was going to say there's some properties that i've hunted and and still do hunt where there's no egg for five six miles and i mean south facing slopes a lot of guys forget you know it gets all the sun and guys will say right now well you know yeah but right now it's warm i understand it's warm but that south facing slope gets more sun right now you've got green briars that's starting to get little little baby buds on them because of this warmth you're going to have more green on that south-facing slope because the sun hits it longer. And two, it's a a big old mature buck that's been run down. It's nice for him to take a big old nap on a south-facing slope and have that sun hit him all day long, just because it just feels good on his body to begin with. And, you know, going back to the shed thing, I mean, I'm sure you guys will probably attest to this too, because I know you guys are, are, you know, into finding big sheds like I am every year. Well, where i find a lot of my you know uh, a lot of my farms a lot of my spots where i find the majority of my sheds that is where my late season hunting always will be good every single year from mm. you know from year yeah. to year <clears throat> and everyone says oh yeah but it's because of food it's because of this or because of that nine times out of ten it has nothing to do with food yeah it's because of there's a shitload of south basic slope there's good thickets there's creeks and there's water for them to get to. It, there's, there's terrain features that are getting them down out of the wind, down out of the weather, down out of the snow. I mean, there's, there's more to it. Food is important. Absolutely. But there's more to that science than just feed. And for guys that can't hunt feed or they can't even get close to feed, you know, if I had one tip, I'm going to tell you go to a south-facing sloop and start scouting there and see what you run into. I guarantee you're going to find beds. You're going to find a a bunch of deer sign in general, and Mm -hmm. and that's where I would focus, you know, my attention would be trying to catch deer going to and from bedding areas on south-facing slopes. If there's no, you know, if you're a guy that there's no ag, there's no crops around, you're just hunting big woods, south-facing slopes, I mean, that's that's where it's at.
0: And most of those bigger, mature deer, uh, what I've seen in the past, 90% of the time, they stay in their safe zone. So yep, they're sure. they're not going to leave and go a mile and a half or three miles away just uh, for the fuck uh, just to look just <laughs> to look for food they're they're just yep. going to be happy with what they got and yeah. stay in their safe zone mm-hmm. survival so, man yeah I mean so a south facing hillside like Clint said and that's their area if they don't have any food they're just going to sit there and be like well shit can't wait till next year <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean, they, and drop
0: their sheds and you pick them up and and they're staying in their area I mean I I I don't know I. For me, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to my guns and say there's there's not a chance you're gonna get uh, a, a mature deer. I don't care what size he is to leave and go somewhere he's not used to just because there's a food plot a mile and a half away. Yeah. I mean he he hits his boundaries and you may hit those. You may get pictures of him on his boundaries and he disappears. And sometimes in the full rut, they 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 maybe. Go right I was outside. that's pulling on that way. is
1: pussy, <laughs> but,
0: but but they're not going far. I mean, they may they may range outside of that zone, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go right back to saying that they know where their home is, right? And yeah, and it's sure. crazy that neighbors on both sides of me. will, I'm right in the middle. Say I get pictures on my one half that there are um, a certain deer coming on that one half. I never get pictures of the other other half on. That side, so I, I, I'm going to say the home, the safe zone, the home zone for these big bucks. I, I'm a big believer in that. So mm-hmm. yeah. I, yeah, I think everybody could would agree with that.
1: Maybe. Yeah, you know. Yeah.
0: So I, I think we we've we
1: beat that in. I think we covered everything that needs to be covered. If we miss something, let us know. Um, one thing I want to transition to now is uh, saddle hunting because it applies directly to this buck that's on the studio table right now. Um, awesome buck congrats Austin! thank you appreciate you close the season out in very classy fashion um so yeah just congrats you've had a hell of a season
4: i appreciate it man it has it's been a it's been a long tough season probably my longest season but uh i got rewarded in the end so yeah. i'm super super grateful for that
1: hey you don't trip into them man hey. i don't know if anyone ever ever told you
4: that but <laughs> <laughs> i definitely didn't on this one but uh didn't have to put the effort in on this deer as much as the first one i killed this year but um yeah this deer he uh thing he, is i
1: think though even though you say that you just weren't after this deer in particular you still put all that effort right in, you know I,
4: I wasn't targeting this deer and didn't have as many hours on this deer as i did on my first one but uh man i i hunted a lot i was hunting that big deer early that big drop tine deer early and i was hunting other farms and i just wasn't getting pictures and i wasn't seeing the caliber deer that i was after so when this deer did show up on my new farm i was pretty excited and uh didn't get to get a lot of pictures of him you want me to just go ahead and go into the story on him or
1: yeah you can um yeah, I, yeah, do as, that. as well. I, And I do want to yeah. talk about the saddle stuff. That's where I'm yeah. wanting to go. But yeah, I do. Yeah, because we had a ton of people messaging. I hope Austin's going to be back in to tell the story <laughs> on this
4: bug. I, I won't make it an hour-long story. We'll condense hey, it up. But you tell how you got to tell honestly, it, Honestly, it's not going to be as long of a story. Hey, as you, the, you know what's
1: cool? This is our show. We can record for as long as we want right. to. <laughs> That's right.
4: <laughs> well, this deer, I'd only gotten three pictures of him all season. So he wasn't like a, a regular on the farm. Um, like November 13th was the first picture I got of him. And as soon as I seen him, like, man, that's like my, my first instinct was that's a shooter. Like I, I <laughs> would shoot that deer. So I got excited, but he never showed up again. It was December. November 13th? November 13th was the first picture and it was like one o'clock in the afternoon. It was actually the same day I had a really good encounter with the drop tine deer like a mile north of this farm. Okay. So I was close to the same area, but. It was December 15th. Oh, damn, a over month, a month. A month later before I got another picture of this deer. And when I got that picture, I'm like, all right, it's getting... We're transitioning into that late season. If I'm getting a picture of him, he's probably staying pretty close to my food that I've got this cut cornfield right here. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and get a cell camera going. And there was a fresh scrape that had just been freshened up that day. So I'm like, maybe he's the culprit. You know, he could mm-hmm. be the one using it. So it took a little while. It was... um <laughs> Let's see, December twenty eighth. I think's the day that I shot him, and that was the first. That was the first cell camera picture that I got of him. Uh, Five thirty in the morning, he comes. The same day. The same day. He he trips that camera, and it sends me a picture. I'm like, all right, now's my time to go in. I'm going to go try to get a look at this deer. So I decide I'm going to use my saddle. I'm going to get close to the edge of this field. Um, I go in, I get set up and about four o'clock, quarter after four, somewhere in there, I see a bunch of white flags coming at me and my truck is on like the opposite side of where this wind's coming at them. So I'm like, well, maybe they picked up my truck, you know, maybe they're running away from my truck. Mm-hmm. So this deer and he's in the group, like I'm, I pulled pull him a knocks up. I can see it's him coming at me. Yeah. So I pull him up. I can see it's him, and he beds down like eighty yards right in front of me. I'm like, "Well, they're run- shot deer at eighty yards. You? <laughs> <laughs> they're running with their flags up, and then he just pops down like flag up to sitting down right in front of me. Never That's seen bizarre. anything like it. It's kind of weird. So I'm like, "All right, it wasn't the truck." Kind of goes back to
1: a couple of episodes ago with Clint and you guys, security and bedding. Yeah, they this know farm, it works for him, so this, maybe thought
4: this farm is wicked thick. It's really good bedding, so he beds down in front of me and then i look down and here's the coyote so i'm like all right now i know what's going on so this coyote's coming in he's coming under me i'm like this deer by then had gotten back up and was kind of moving back into the thicker stuff i'm like i should probably shoot this damn coyote so he's not messing me up right so out of my saddle i'm kind of inexperienced when it comes to shooting off my weak side so i'm i'm right-handed so i'm pulling back kind of on my right side and it's tough i'm shooting almost 70 pounds and i get it back to i'm like an inch back from my draw and i'm trying and trying and it finally locks in mm-hmm. and the coyote catches that when i lock in oh
1: the, the jolt
4: yep so he catches it and he backs out and he goes right back the same way he came from so i had intent every intention of shooting that coyote mm-hmm. but it just didn't happen like anyone would yeah and so i'm like well he's the the buck's not alert because i can still see under the group of five or six deer i can still see off in the distance i can see him milling around mm-hmm. so I wait, I wait it's getting i'm echoing now yeah clint we got to echo on your umbrella we good yeah we're good all right so Better? yeah we're good for now we'll see how it ends up <laughs> <laughs> so the little doe that i'm assuming is the one that's hot she comes out to feed And right behind her is this deer. And it's getting really dark. I've got maybe five to ten minutes of shooting light left. And it's a cloudy day anyways. The wind's blowing 20-some miles an hour. And um, I just know that it's going to be kind of crappy Tacticam footage if I do get a shot at him. Yeah. Well, she goes out to feed. And to my surprise, he kind of breaks away from her. And he's walking back towards me. And he starts hitting a scrape. And he hit that scrape. And after he hit that one, he come to me, and I I didn't know it at the time, but right down on the edge of the field, 25 yards from me, there's a scrape right there that he had been hitting. And he come <laughs> in, and he's like a beeline right for me. And he walks right up to that scrape, and he's working that scrape, got his antlers up in it, putting no his scent on it. And <laughs> I, December 28th. Yep. And I had a shot through a bunch of thick stuff, and I'm like, well, I can take the shot, or he's probably going to go back towards the doe after he works this scrape. So I... I took a shot, launched it through the through the thick stuff, and hit him high, spined him, basically. I don't know if I let the shot off a little high, or he, I hit Talked something, or what, but for whatever reason, I hit him high, so I had to climb back down, put another arrow on him to finish him, but I did get tactical cam footage of it. It's pretty cool. I'll have to Is show it? you that sometime, yeah. but it's kind of dark and grainy, but... You can tell it's him. It's pretty wicked. but That's awesome, man. Yeah.
1: He's an awesome eight-point man. We're all about the big sure. Yeah,
4: Yeah. Big eight, the split brow. Yep, 19-inch spread. Um, not real tall tines. Nine inches, basically, on twos and threes all the way around. 24- his threes
1: look bigger than that.
4: Yeah, right at nine and nine and five-eighths was his tallest tine. Um 24-inch beams, five and an eighth bases, big good bases. Be- good yeah. beams, good bases. Yeah, when I looked at him, I, I'm like, I've passed several four-year-old bucks, and this deer, to me looks like a five-year-old deer so whether he was four or five i can't say for sure never had any prior history being my first year hunting my new farm but my rule was, of uh, thumb
1: generally for my experience and measuring a lot of whitetails i measured I, I wouldn't even know how to guess how many white tails I've, I've measured a thousand of them and that's a lot of them are probably non-gun kills too because i measured when i first started i measured everything i could measure it, it, to have a deer with a big frame big frame like where you're like whoa it's a good buck mm-hmm. 24 inch beams and up is where that point starts yep there's some deer that'll trick you that have just under 24 inch beams that you think they're that big and you know 20 i've seen deer that look, have 20 inch beams still look big mm-hmm. i've seen deer in that mid range between 20 and 24 that still look big. 24 generally is that number that makes a deer like whoa shooter yep it beams is where it's at because that's what's giving them a shape. Right. You know, or you know his yeah. frame, his base, yeah. yep. his base, you kind of call it. the foundation, foundation. In yes. And out, well, but uh,
4: he was he was good stud. enough. He ended up going like one forty six, one forty seven, somewhere stud. in there as an eight pointer. That's that's good it's enough stud. for me, especially with the season I've had. You know that other than that drop tine deer, this is the best deer that I've got to see. So yeah, I was uh, very pleased to. Be able to put a tag on him
1: he's a stud man congrats yeah. thank you I'm glad you got him here we'll get some photos of him on the studio table put him on put him on the working class bowhunter Graham tonight <laughs> nice um so you brought up saddle hunting um, Greg one of our buddies and a listener from tethered uh, saddle hunting um, saddle hunting is a type of thing where and we're late in this episode but I do want to touch on it it's it's when I first saw it online I think Cameron was like Did I, I kind of knew about it but I never looked into it and Cameron is like we, me and Cameron work together. And Cameron one day is like, hey, check out this video on YouTube. This is Saddle Honey. And I'm watching. I'm like, oh, yeah, I have seen this. But I never, like, researched it. Yeah. So then we started really diving into the research of it. And I'm like, man, it's awesome. Like, it would be super effective. But I have, like, a ton of concerns about it. It kind of seems like a bunch of nerds. Really, just like
4: that. Yeah. I said this before, and it's kind of a trendy thing right now. There's it's a lot. Trendy. Of, there's a lot of guys getting into it, and
1: but people shit on it hard at the same time because yeah. I post that video of me in my yard in the saddle, farting around with it, and I got messages like that thing looks stupid. It's like, well, mm-hmm. I don't care I'm not how a real. It looks, but <laughs> I'm not a real
4: trendy person. I don't get into trends. But when I seen guys doing this, and I got to talk to a couple of our friends that have been saddle hunting for years, and they're like i i look up to these guys they're serious big deer yep. killers and they said it will it will literally change the way you hunt these big deer so i had to try one and i've been very impressed i really like how quiet it is you don't have to carry a stand-in with yeah. you i literally carry everything that i need to hunt it's going to sound gay but i bring a little fanny pack in with hey me. fanny packs
1: are convenient i son. throw
4: in 10 <laughs> 10 or 12 pegs my bow rope a saw and and a bow hanger and i and I go in, I wear the saddle in, it's super light, super quiet, and mm. it's. I really do, I really like it. I say it's
2: got to be the lightest setup you
1: have. It is, for sure. So wh- I talked to Greg, um, and I knew they were doing this tethered <coughs> saddle brand. They're, this was coming out, it was getting launched, they were doing like a pre-order deal, I don't, I don't know. I wasn't that, looking that far into it when they were doing this. Talked to Greg about it, and uh, we're going to try and meet up at ATA and try and get, get a podcast done. So that'll be coming, hopefully um, if, if schedules align and all that good shit, ATA is busy. But um, talked to him. He sent us a couple systems, saddle setups, the, the full shebang, and I've farted around with it in the tree a little. I gotta say, I really like the way it feels, and I think mm. I would. I've I would have hunted out of a thousand times right now if I still had a buck tag. Um, my plan is this weekend to hunt out of it and try and kill a doe before ATA
5: i really like it
1: i think next year it's gonna fucking up my hanging bang skills and if i thought i wasn't all all over the place before i'm gonna be in the where i want to be i'll be there yep with no second thoughts about it. like i gotta move a stand i gotta get a stand nope i'll be in that tree
4: yeah i logged a lot of hours in it i bet i spent 30 or 40 percent of my season in the saddle this year
1: yeah you were after clint have you ever even thought about saddle hunting what's your kind of thoughts on it
4: i've looked at it a little bit
6: um I've never really played with one. Um, I mean, I mean, I want to, you know, I want to do something. I mean, now that I'm writing full time for Peterson's, I know, I know they've, I I don't know who, but I know they've got some stuff with battles going on over there. So I'm sure it's going to be something that, you know, I'm going to get to to do a bunch of testing with and and play with and and whatnot. Um, it would fit into kind of my arsenal because, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, I there's a lot, of, I got a lot of buddies that are like, dude, you can't get a, you know, you, you can't hunt out of that tree. And I'm like, oh yeah, me and my, with me and my three or four sticks and my little lone wolf assault, we'll get up there. So I mean, it's been a, you know, I, I'm notorious for being in trees that I shouldn't be in with Dan. So I'm sure this is going to be right up the same alley. I mean, trees yeah. that I shouldn't mm-hmm. really be in that you're going to be in. So well, everyone I on the podcast gonna,
1: right now has the mindset of like, you don't kill deer consistently being lazy, so yeah, right. all oh, of yeah. us have the means. Like, yeah, you gotta hey, if you want to move, you're gonna have to put some
2: sort of climbing method to get up. Well, I was real questionable about it too until this late season. You didn't me. have an interest, man. Well, I talked I to you earlier, and I didn't. And then I texted you about it. I'm like, dude, I I could really use one of these in Burlington because late season yeah. and then, like I'm moving around so much and moving stands like this is a pain in the ass. I'm like, it'd be awesome yeah. to have.
1: Well, I feel like we should setup. talk about this a little bit. Cause this brings like the realness and the honesty of it. Well, cause I was talking to Greg about getting a couple uh setups. Right. It's like, Eric, are you, are you interested? And you're like, not really. I'm like,
2: not really. I'd like to try one, but I'm not really interested. And then this late season, you know, after Austin's success and everything's like so easy to move around. Well, in late season, I've been moving around so much and like, I have been going late muzzleloader, so most of yeah. the time is just sitting on the ground or I'll take a stand with me. I'm like,
1: but, Yeah, to but, add to, like, give you credit, like, you're also not scared. Like, you'll throw a lone wolf up just to hunt out of it one night.
2: Oh, for sure. Like, you're and, that type and rip of I And rip it down and take it back to the truck with me. Yeah, like, that's I don't care. how you and Doug hunt on the managed property you yes, guys are Yeah, that's around. how we yeah, do it all the time. you'll love this,
4: man. So yeah. so light, so a yeah. lot less effort but, than a like stand. Yeah, I, got,
1: I have the tethered system sitting, and they're not a sponsor. Really, they really are not a sponsor. I'm holding right now in my hands, and I'll drink a beer while I hold it. I have, I have the whole saddle system in the bag held straight up above my head, and I'm going to take a drink of beer at the same time. It's, it's I bet you it weighs
4: eight pounds. Dude, not, not even, even. Yeah, three. Yeah, feel that?
1: That's the I have you, the whole
4: everything. The you, wear meters. Meters. you wear it in, and you literally oh, yeah. feel you feel a regular harness more than you feel that saddle. Yeah. wearing that yeah. saddle, in. and, and it looks this funky tethered, when you wear it. But and, and with
0: this tethered setup, they have a platform that you can stand on. I got it, is dude. Right? It is okay. fucking
1: the dude. It is so badass. The original
0: yeah. tree saddle is what I've been in, and we put three pegs in the tree so you can actually. Run around that tree 360 degrees. So you feel like a monkey, but then again, if you so when you get the saddle on, you get up in the tree, you want like maximum 10 inch tree because that you're going to straddle that tree the whole time you're there. Yeah. Okay. So when you relax, you sit in the saddle and it's just like sitting in a big old fancy diaper, but you (laughs) sit there and, and you're completely relaxed and you can and and but. When the deer comes along or you want to reposition it's a diaper your, hammock. Your feet you can are right there on the pegs or close to and you can stand up. You kinda of just and push can, up with your feet. You can swing and stand around up. the tree yep. and get in any position you need to. if that buck which ninety percent of the time when you think they're gonna come to a certain shooting lane, they're mm-hmm. not, they're gonna come somewhere else. So with the saddle uh, or tethered, you can rotate around that tree any direction you need to go. Well, so. and see, and
2: this is where I came in on it, too, when I texted Kurt about it, because I was sitting on the ground, late muzzleloader hunting, I was just like, I'm going to go over here, they've been coming out here, I'm like, shit, fuck it, I'm going to go sit on the ground, and sure as shit, those five or six bucks come right behind me, ten yards, and I'm kind of doing one of these things, you know, where you turn around and kind of look of the corner in your eye, and they are they have no idea I'm there, but there's nothing I can do about it at this point, Yep. until they come out in the field, you know, mm-hmm. and then when they come out in the field, it's obviously too late.
0: And I would say the biggest the biggest thing to to worry about uh, if gonna if you're gonna hunt out of a saddle would be make sure you have plenty of trees surrounding you uh, before you get up and swing from a tree because deer can silhouette you just right. That now. was my so, biggest
1: concern with when I first started looking into it. That and uh, stealth of draw, yeah, um, yep. was another one. Um, I think from what I don't have a lot of experience in a saddle. But I think the advantage to that comes if you have a small tree, you straddle it a little bit between your legs, and that tucks you tight to the tree. And if you can get down the the push-out-and-draw setup, and if your tree's bigger to where you're not going to straddle it, you can almost sit sideways next to it and kind of use your saddle as the seat and get comfy. Uh, I think there's a a lot, but that was my concern, shooting and drawing. um, yeah, drawing and, and the silhouette of your body being awkwardly and I think it's gonna hanging take, off it.
0: I think it's going to take a lot of time and practice and and well, experience with it to figure out the right way to do it. Just, but and just that, like hanging
1: a hang on, like what tree do I get into? Like I can I could tuck in there,
2: right? And that's what I was going to say too. This has got to be something you guys are going to add to your arsenal of practice this summer. Yeah, shooting yeah, out true. of the saddle. You know, if you got a tree in your yard. It's just
0: another, you know what? It's probably not going to be my go to every time I go to the tree. I would rather hunt. I have a lone wolf. I'll share my saddle with you. If you can have that, and you know, there's going to be times like we talked earlier in this episode. Is there uh, a double saddle? About thermal. You can sit on my lap, bro. (laughs) And places that you want to get to that you don't have a set, you know, that's your go to in your arsenal. So, you know, and and if you've got practice with it over the summer. You know, you're,
2: and that's my go-to that way, right now is yeah. a lone wolf and three sticks. You know, just pack yep. it in, put it up, and be done. We're gonna
0: yeah. we're
1: gonna peg uh, Greg down at AT. I'm hoping that that works out because I know Austin. You you and him are gonna I hit it off after yeah, your love, season.
4: Love to talk to him. Uh,
1: I'm G- G2 to Outdoors is his YouTube channel. Awesome yep. guy. He's a uh, he's a veteran, or uh, if he's not a veteran, he's a hundred percent a military man. Um, big shout out to him, he, dude. He was. One of the nicest guys we I've gotta ever get him on to. for sure. Oh, yeah. dude, yeah, yeah, that's gotta happen. He's an awesome guy. Yeah. And um, by the
5: hold on, go. by the way, I'm a bigger guy, and I was in a saddle, and I've I've listened to a few YouTube videos and stuff, and they say bigger guys it might not be comfortable. Is a bunch of bullshit.
1: Well, tethered offers different sizes.
5: Yeah, it's different sizes, but it doesn't matter. I mean, all it is is just a, a hammock. It's a hammock. Yeah, it's a, a hunting mean, a hammock,
0: butt hammock, and you're yeah. still and you're still comfortable.
5: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was sitting there and I was swinging three sixty. I mean, my feet weren't even on the platform. I just was trying it out. Well, I know, mean, the Cam- damn thing's strong.
1: Cameron, you're kind of like. I, I don't take this in, uh,
5: offensive. I'm offended. <laughs> He's already offended. <laughs> you he said anything. <laughs> but but reel me out. Hear,
1: hear me out here. You are a bigger guy, but you carry your, like, you're also an active bigger guy. Yeah, yeah. So you are kind of, like, the perfect dude to say, like, hey, if you're bigger, like, you hunt out of hang-ons exclusively.
5: Yeah. Oh, yeah. You do. Yeah, I don't, like, I don't touch a ladder anymore. And I
1: talk to a lot of, but you're not, like, you're not sloppy big. That's the no, thing. That's yeah. a different. There's a lot of big guys I know that are, like, I'm scared to get in the hang-on. Yep. I'm scared of doing yep. that. And you're the guy that I think, you're kind of like that. That role model to big guys that are hunting out of hang-ons and doing like the, the hang and bang, the mobile setups, because you just get the stand. If you're big, big, get the stand you're rated for and work at it.
5: Yeah. Because yeah. if just anything, one, in it's a it.
1: workout, and two, it's, it's a better way of hunting.
5: Just get in it. The most, like, bigger guys, it's like, oh, God, it's going to break or whatever. It's like, no, you're just not comfortable. It's sitting the damn thing. Yeah, Right, yeah. <laughs> you just got to get comfortable. Right. It's
1: a six thousand pound strap. Sit in it. Yeah. The yeah. steel's I, I, not I, gonna I, crack. Throw an extra exactly. ratchet strap on there. You'll be good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The cables I mean, are ready for ten thousand pounds. Sit I, I was, in it, Jerry.
5: I was say I was looking at the saddle. I mean, it's like nylon ropes. I mean, the yeah, they're rated above. to
1: like five thousand pounds.
5: <laughs> yeah, they're like picking up like skid steers with them, and it's like Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's some like, of the wild edge
1: stands they hung like, yeah. uh, like a, yeah, like a skid steer, or, like. Put an excavator bucket on it.
5: Yeah. <laughs> shit. It's yeah, I like, mean
4: no, you're fine. Just try it. You just gotta go for it. I yeah. can't say that I ever felt unsafe in it on a, all the times I've used yeah. it. You know, I saw
1: videos on the line of guys like purposely trying to fall out of it and I set it up with uh our buddy yeah. Tyler ingholm And we set it up out in my yard and I had it on and I'm like, it does you don't have any like upper it doesn't there's no shoulder straps. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, hey, I'm going to try to fall out of this thing, like catch my skull in case it bounces off the ground. <laughs> and I like lean back like an idiot. Like I full blown went limp, lean back, straddled the trees, threw my legs up. You can't fall out of it. No, I tried. I was upside down like, oh, shit, holding on to the bridge, which is a strap that attaches you to the tree. And I'm like, oh, I had to use that to sit myself back up.
2: I was yeah. So it's your safety harness and tree stand all in one. Yep.
4: Yeah, you don't wear your. Yeah. like you wear your lineman's belt up yeah. as you're popping your climbing sticks, your pegs in, or whatever. And while you're hooked in with your lineman's belt, you put your your other strap on. Yep. And you hook into that, and then you take your lineman's belt off, so you're attached to the tree the whole time. Super yeah. safe. And one of, yeah. one of my it's things insane. that I've been
0: worried about thinking about sitting in a saddle, even in this late season. Uh, say we got some cold weather, but um, <laughs> going into this season and and really cold, you're going to want to. You're gonna to want to dress up pretty thick. So yeah. I wondered about being in a saddle with thick clothing on, mm. how that's gonna change things concern. too. Yeah. So I, I haven't had any experience at that, but I, I it was it's a thought in the back of my mind. Yeah. Yeah, like, no, that's I a that's sure. a
4: valid concern. Yeah. yeah. I've wore it with my heaviest stuff and I've got along fine with it. Really? Okay. Yeah.
1: It, it's um whether guys like the trend or dislike it, it's something to consider. Yeah, yep. because oh, for sure. I think This next coming season, the 2019 bow season coming into September, October, whenever your bow season starts, guys are going to be hammering the woods with saddles. And if you're...
4: Public land. If you like to be mobile or you're a public (laughs) land hunter, I would consider it a must. Yeah. See? I totally...
2: I wasn't against it, but I was like, eh, I'm just not... You just just weren't interested. No, I was not interested at all. Now I'm like, okay, this would be something I'm interested in for sure now. Which is
1: fair, because I was there with you. I was. It right. really was, um, and I think I think most guys. I put a poll up of that video of me sitting in that saddle. Did you see that mm-hmm. in my yard? I put a poll up: Would you hunt out of a saddle? And it was more of a no
2: than I expected.
1: Mm-hmm. And yeah. I
2: think guys just don't know about it. And it, well, I think I think too. It's so new. I mean, when tree stands first came out, they had been like, whoa. What the yeah. hell is this? If, I, if
4: I hadn't talked to two guys that had years of experience in them and got to talk to them about it, I would have been a lot more leery than I was. Yeah, right. But after talking to those guys, they're like, get one, try it, you're going to love it, and I did. You, you know, all that, everything we said about saddles, I still, I'm not
1: surprised by the... Uh, naysays? Yeah, the naysays and just, like, the doubt of it or just the... Right. Um, Yeah, the naysay is like the best way to put it because most people, hardcore guys, do, but the majority of deer hunters don't even hunt out of hang ons yet, right? So that's why the idea of a saddle is like what? What you're hunting out of that? You know, like that. I get it though. I get it. Well,
2: maybe Ross can answer this better too. But isn't that kind of the same setup like linemen use? Yep. Like on. High stuff, very, very similar. Yeah, right. I mean, it's basically a lineman's belt.
0: Only you have got a nice little diaper to sit in. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a hammock. I mean, it's it, whatever yeah. you want to call it. I don't care what you call it, but it's you can actually relax. Where when you're in a lineman's belt, climbing up a pole or you're climbing a tree, whatever you're in, even hanging stands, I run a lineman's belt when I'm um, hanging stands. So. it's all legs at that point. And by the time I get down out of the tree, my legs are just hopping. Well, you know what I'm really scared for? You can relax.
1: Talking about all this, I have one major concern, major concern. And, and man, I hate to bring it up for who I'm concerned about. And I'm a little nervous, Oh but I feel really sorry, really sorry for the deer herd in Ohio, because once Clint dives into this <laughs> saddle hunt shit, was, that herd's gonna be hurting, man. They're gonna have to put, a, put him on the fucking D
0: list. He's like a timber, he'll be a timber samurai.
6: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I run, uh, I run sticks and a lone wolf a lot. I mean, yep. it takes me five minutes to run up, hunt, and five minutes to come down, and I mean, I hunt a lot of properties where I got a lot of guys that share farms, or they hunt, you know, they, they spend as much time following me around as they do deer hunting. So, I mean, I do a ton of climbing <laughs> and I do a ton of hanging bang hunts. And, you know, I mean, it's something that, you know, definitely, uh, after hearing you guys talk more about it, I mean, I'll be honest. I mean, I, I it has not lit a fire for me yet, but I haven't actually got to mess with it. So. It's something that, like in the back of my head, I'm like, yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to piss around with that and try it. Um, and, and I you, will say that and you
0: probably will this summer coming up. I you mean, try it and, oh, and yeah. play play yeah. around the tree and then and then, like I said, you tuck it in your back pocket and wait for that perfect time and then you you got it, yep. you got it down.
1: Any yep. guy that's yeah. trying to have a saddle mentioned in a major bow hunting publication is going to get you a system very fast. Yeah. That's the uh, the way it goes. <laughs> so let's taper off there. I appreciate all you guys coming in to uh, drop knowledge and just take the time on the weekday like we do. We're all working class. We all have shit to do tomorrow. But first episode of 2019, I think it went well. We did a longer one. We covered a lot. I hope this helped a lot of the guys with the uh, late season depression and the, and the doubt. It's time to refire because in July you're going to be wishing you were still hunting.
2: Yep. Um, yep. Kick the matter burners on.
0: Solid, guys.
1: I'm, I'm going to close out with something positive from everyone, but does anybody have anything they want to add? I mean, feel free to dive in if there's something we miss.
5: No, man. I'm I good. Think, I think we're good.
1: Yeah, Clint, close us out with something positive, my friend.
6: Something positive. 2019, it's now time to start planning all of our hunts for the year ahead. I'm pretty excited about that. I got a I got a baby coming on the way, Keaton William.
2: Congratulations! Awesome. By the way. Oh, yeah. when's that unit yeah. due?
6: I mean, Danielle, she's she's ready to pop here any day now. So I mean, it's supposed Congrats, to be brother. towards the you know towards like that third into fourth week, but I don't think uh, we're gonna. I, I, don't, I don't think she's gonna make it that long. But uh, you
1: got three. You're gonna have three boys now, huh?
6: Yep. Yep. We'll have, Damn, yeah, your he's testosterone he's, 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 level he's,
1: he's, must be low because yeah.
0: high testosterone produces girls. I heard.
6: That's, that That's false. That's false. False news. I'm with you.
0: I'm with you, Clint. I got three boys.
6: But yeah, yeah. No, there it is. No, I, I think we covered. Man, we we covered a lot. Uh, just thinking real quick. Only thing I would say we didn't cover, didn't touch on. I mean, I know we all do it, but all the listeners should do it. Um, man, don't forget to shoot those bows. And and, and you know with. If we ever get some colder weather, man, that, that alters so much. I mean, it alters draw length. It alters, you know, brace height. I mean, make sure you, make sure y'all, you know, make sure you guys are shooting your bows and don't forget equipment, tree stands, put, put, you know, put canola oil on them, put, you know, non, um, non non-scented oil. I mean, any creeps. any, I mean, just check your gear out. You know, I mean, uh, every year I hear somebody around my area that, what's coming to full draw and his rest squeaked at a buck at 15 yards or his tree stand creaked or he brushed up against a tree, you know, uh, a rough bark tree with his, with his, uh, his jacket and it spooked a buck. I mean, just, just be wary of all that stuff. I mean, we didn't cover it, but just something to preparation you know, think about. pays off. Yep. Yeah, the, for sure. the small, small details, man. Make sure you're checking your, uh, crossing your T's and dotting your I's.
1: Well, thanks Clint for all the advice, man, coming on the show yet again you're a uh you're a listener favorite man we appreciate the fuck out of you and appreciate you being on the first show of 2019
6: hell yeah man happy to get uh, hooked up with everybody i need to uh get in the studio and
1: uh hey yeah dude. come come to iowa classic in des moines first weekend of march with us i think people will be glad to see you <laughs> for sure hell
6: yeah man i'd be i'd be a good time for sure yeah we need to we need to make that
2: happen eric what do you got well i got two more day or this weekend left uh trying to make something happen here and we got ata next week so that's right man we got i got a busy week coming up and congrats so on the new
4: job yep we got a new job you're, you're back, back. full time on the podcast yeah, i'm cracking beers again so it's yeah it's awesome i think this is the first podcast i've done with you in about the last four that i've done yeah. so. <laughs> right it's awesome yeah,
1: yeah. Hank, what do you got, man? Give us all the news, all the announcements, and... and, uh, Not that you hate Christmas. And all the positivity. uh, No. uh,
5: Leave Christmas out of this, man. I say, I'm happy now Christmas is over. (laughs) (laughs) fucking Scrooge.
4: (laughs) Got another uh, little one on the way. Congrats. Yeah. Man, congrats. Nice. Nice. man a lot yeah. of babies. A lot of babies in 19 like. Yeah. Just oh, coming, yeah. at them, man. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, it's no. vulgar. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no. It was supposed to be funny, but no one thought it was <laughs> as
5: funny as I thought it would have been. But no, 2018, it was good to me, and hopefully 2019 is even better.
1: Apparently our whole crew doesn't know how it works, Um biology that is still learning still learning (laughs) ross you haven't figured it out yet man what's up with you you got anything positive oh boy god Uh, man i felt harsh i'm sorry that was a joke (laughs) (laughs) it meant to go way you suck it meant to go over way lighter than it
0: than it did so uh anyway ross sorry all right we're uh so we're at the end of the season i don't know i still have yet to some some big boys showing up i know they're out there but uh you know got high hopes somebody will show up otherwise um yeah.
1: papa dave's high-fiving you right now man because he's uh he's struggling too
0: i feel you know, bad it's uh so I, I it could happen and maybe it won't but that's all right well, we're gonna grind it out um ata's coming up uh austin and i are pumped we're gonna join you guys down there yeah man whole crew's uh, gonna be there yeah so um gonna be a blast uh just made a solid podcast clint casper I was I was fun talking with you. Um,
6: Hell yeah, my man! Long time overdue.
0: Yep, that's right. Um, going into this season, uh, looking forward to picking up some awesome sheds. It's coming hot, coming in real hot. real quick. Yeah. be here before yeah. we know it. Austin and I were talking about that last night. It's the next spot after
1: ACA, man. It's yep. yeah, it's coming. So, it's I found my first shed last year it was like January 22nd. Mm. And I had it was chewed on already. Oh. It had blood on the base.
4: I had a little buck come in the other night, had both sides dropped already.
0: Oh, oh, don't tell me. Yeah. Don't, <laughs> don't <Yeah>. tell <laughs> start me. Start running
4: that. around. Austin, <laughs> Austin, give us it's just
0: it's just nice to it. I'll finish up real oh, yeah, right. yeah. It's just nice to uh come off a season uh with more knowledge and and studying the deer and figuring out different ways for the future yeah um going into 2019 you set bigger goals and and i'm i know what i'm gonna do and and try different things so uh feeling solid
1: you never know it all man you never know it all well thanks for coming ross Austin, close it out my brother
4: well i guess what i would have to say is just thanks to everybody for all the all the positive vibes i've got uh, got to share these two deer with you guys and uh, got a lot of positive vibes from from the wcb family so yeah really do appreciate it got it was a great season for me and uh got a couple that i've been watching that i'm looking forward to seeing next year so it's going to be fun awesome. oh yeah well, thanks for coming oh, yeah. again like hey. i always love having you guys appreciate
3: yeah.
1: it um i have a couple things that are positive and i guess i haven't really announced it yet on the podcast. Um, uh, I, I thought I have, but I just kind of got used to a baseline. Uh, me and Samantha are expecting a baby April 22nd. So that's a, it's going to be a little girl, a little bow hunter. Congratulations, Congrats, homie. buddy. And, yeah, uh,
3: that's
6: coming thanks, quick. Guys. That's that'll be here before you know it.
1: I thought I had talked about it. We kept it off social media not cause we wanted to hide it because we just love the old school way of just telling people in person, which is super refreshing.
2: I don't think you say anything at all in here. Have you? Uh, I
1: haven't. Nope, this is my first no. time. Okay, cool. Um, uh, but yeah, having a little girl. Uh, April 22nd a little mid turkey season baby so uh, I'll be taking turkey season off this year but I'm looking forward to later on getting her started on our birthday type deal and uh For sure I'm pumped, man i really am super stoked about it um, you know every every guy wants a wants a boy but I got the high testosterone man so it just it just girls come out, of it, I've out had, of it i've had
0: i've had guys tell me you got to go deeper for girls <laughs>
1: apparently i can reach pretty far but um but I, i'm i'm super stoked man i'm so pumped to be a dad and just kind of like share my passion with my own product really you know because my wife's into it she has a bow i'm just pumped all about it I'm so stoked um ata is coming in hot super stoked for that uh meet up with all our friends um yeah everyone the whole crew will be there Um, Ross Austin will be with us and uh, Jordan tank will be there. Uh, We're going to be, we're starting our our filming for season two at ATA for carbon Carbon. TV. Um, We got some big episodes planned. um, A ton of episodes planned. Actually, if you're going to be there, we'll be in the, we'll be based out of the Rubline marketing room. You can find us there. We'll be all over between all the outdoor group booths and big time and all our other partners. We'll be
2: bouncing around. We'll be at, to it. we'll be at ATA somewhere. Just find yeah. us. Yeah, we will yeah. be there. Just,
0: just, <laughs> just a big yelling. enough crew. You'll find for, somebody.
1: Right. Free bush light. Free bush light. We'll come running.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: anyway, thank you all for listening. We appreciate your support through the through 2018 and into 2019. We're hoping to kill it this year and uh, just keep it as comfortable as possible. Get you through your work day. We love right. you. Go shoot your
4: bow.